0: Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.
1: What we have today is a throwback show for you. For those who remember when I worked at night for a little while doing the 7 to 10 shuffle, we did a little thing called Han Solo. And so today we're going to go back to the days of Han Solo. I don't know if we need all that, really. We can just go with that go. Yeah, that's, yeah. no, we can let that go. Point, point is, it's just me and you at 800 919 3776. And we haven't even started spring training yet. And uh, could, I, could I give you a report uh, out of Texas from the Athletic? Jacob DeGrom has felt some tightness in his left side. <laughs> I'm not making this up. DeGrom is already, you know, not feeling really that good. So the feeling is is that they think it's been cold and it's early in camp and they're going to hold him back a day or two, but the serious level is, you know, not such that he would not be able to play through it in the regular season. But the point is, is that if you're a Mets fan, you just kind of like, these. this is the kind of news now. You could just go, huh, oh, well, that's a problem. Right? It's the Seinfeld. That's a shame. But it is, you don't have to worry about it because you're not dealing with that anymore. You've got your team. You've got something exciting. Today, I want to go through some stuff. we got some guests. We'll have some fun with you. Again, the buffet officially open. Anything you like to talk about in the world of sports, you can do it with me today at 800-919-3776. We'll get the call stacked back and ready to go. But I feel like we also do a thing that we used to do at night when I was doing Han Solo, and we would do this thing called... Like, we'd do lists. If you ever saw the movie High Fidelity with John Cusack, it's a great movie. You know I love music, and it's a whole music-based kind of movie. It's great. But he was... He would always do top five lists. Everything was top five. So I think we could do top five lists today as well. We'll get to one that involves all the teams in the New York area. And you could argue with me on these things. But right now, I think it's also worth talking about top five in something that my friend Peter Boddy in the New York Post wrote today that caught my attention. Because I'm here to tell you that the Boston Celtics will decide whether or not Jalen Brunson goes this weekend to All-Star to play in the game at Salt Lake City. Because Jalen Brown is the last player that might not play, which would open up, again, another spot for injured reserve, and then the next guy up would get that uh, uh, invitation to All-Star. So it's well-deserved. I mean, Jalen Brunson's averaging 30 points a game over the last 20 games. 20 games is a quarter of an NBA season, just so you know. He's averaging 30, but he's shooting 50% from the field. You know the last Nick player to average 30 over 20 games and shoot 50% from the field? You're right, Patrick Ewing, a center who was mostly dunking the basketball and making layups. Brunson's also shooting over 40, like 44% from three, 80, oh, 83% from the free throw line. He has been on fire. He does deserve to go. But Jalen Brown, who has the fractured something on his face, his, fracture, his face is fractured. Let's just say that. Facial fracture. And he's he wants to play. And I don't blame him. He wants to play. He wants to go. He wants to play. So he's waiting to be cleared. So it is now up to the Celtics to clear him. And let him go. And maybe he'll wear a mask. I don't know. But he's going to go. He wants to go. So more than likely he will go. And that will leave Jalen Brunson out of All-Star. And I'm alright with it. Here's why. Because I want him to have that chip on his shoulder still. I want him to be a little annoyed about the fact that he couldn't go. I also want him to get rest. So while if he does go, it's well deserved. If he doesn't go, the last, after tonight, tonight they played Trey Young, who also wasn't named an All-Star. They played Trey Young in the Hawks tonight. And then They go to all-star break and they come back next Friday and start basically a sprint to the end, 22 games. I'd rather him be, I'd rather him have that chip. I'd rather him be pissed off, feel like that he was snubbed and take it out on everybody. Like it seems like he's been doing the last quarter of the season. And that's fine. So Brown probably will go and Brunson probably will not. Now there's no guarantee because you could always say, well, James Harden is next up. You don't know. So let's just put that aside. But Let's do the first top five list. And this is a good one. And I'll give, again, I'll give credit to Peter Boddy in the post. Because this is, this is always fun to do. Top five free agent signings in New York over the last 25 years. Because Brunson is in the conversation. Like I just gave you his numbers. 100 million bucks for him. And when you think about it, when you signed him, did you think you were getting this? No way. Nobody was thinking that you could get that. That's the best part of this is that – it's like a lot of times when you see a free agent sign a big free agent signing, you have great expectations of what it's going to become. What's it going to turn into? KD Kyrie is one example. Like, what's it going to turn into? Garrett Cole, another example, gave him a ton of money. Is it going to now lead to wins? They got the white whale. What's it going to turn into? So far, disappointment. But Brunson so far, this has been a bargain. He's been phenomenal. And so where does he rank? We go 25 years. All right, so let's take it from five up and see if we agree on these names that are on this list. Now, you can't put Brunson on the list yet, but you can make the argument of where he belongs in it because it's just way too early, and obviously, they haven't done anything yet. So five, he's got Plaxico Burris. Now, you could say, wait a minute, the guy that shot himself in the leg? Before that, you forget, we all remember the helmet catch. We all remember David Tyree. But what we don't remember is they still had to get to the end zone. And who caught that pass? Plexico Burris. And that's how they won that game. Yes, that catch was still spectacular by David Tyree, the throw by Eli. But somebody had to catch the touchdown. It was Plexico burst. That was a six- year 25 million dollar deal and that gave them the number one receiver and in two years they did it in 2005, two years later, they win the Super Bowl. at four, Artemi Panarin of the Rangers, you know, Bart's favorite player now because he named them yesterday. I was so proud. Now, that deal was seven years, $81 million, And what has he done since he's come to the Rangers? He's done nothing but produce. They were in the conference finals last year. I mean, it's a guy that is, you can see, he showed up and he has showed out. And he has made the Rangers one of the top teams in New York. We'll get to that later. So there's another one that's four. Now, three, we have to go back further. Remember, this is top 25. This is the last 25 years, top five free agent signings. Free agent, not trade, free agent signings in New York. Hideki Matsui in 03. Three-year deal, $21 was the original deal, and he won the World Series MVP when they won it in 2009. You win a championship, you become MVP, it's a bar. It's a hell of a signing, right? I agree with that. Further back. Now, I'm going to flip it because I disagree. So – at number two, he has CeCe Sabathia. I have Curtis Martin. Flipping that. Curtis Martin was for the Jets, 98. Phenomenal signing. Yes, we are That's right to the wire 25 years ago. Curtis Martin was great. You take him from the Patriots, six years, 36 million. All he did was rush himself into the Hall of Fame. Phenomenal player. You know, they got to the championship game, didn't get any further, but still. Great signing. But I can't put him at number one like the Post did. I got to put him at number two because number one's got to be CC Sabathia, right? Seven years, 161, gives them instant credibility, leadership in the in the clubhouse. They win the World Series. He was the man there. Did he have some issues, of course? But I'm I'm looking past that. Sabathia was a phenomenal signing. He was exactly what they needed at the time, and it got them over the top. And he also was a guy that even though he wasn't around for the, the early dynasty era. He wasn't around for the 90s teams. He didn't have that connection. Jeter was still there, but there was something about CeCe that the minute he showed up, he kind of understood the standard and he made sure to uphold that standard. And when he retired, that standard, you got to admit, kind of got lost a little bit. So I think you got to look at bang for your buck. It's a lot of money, 161, no doubt, over seven. But, I mean, come on. Was he not great for the most part? And when he and when when winning mattered most, he showed up the most. In two thousand nine, they won a championship. They have not won one since, so I got to put him number one. So that's the basically that's the list right there. So number one, Sabathia. Number two, Curtis Martin. Number three, Hideki Matsui. Four, Artemi Panarin, and five, Plaxico Burrs. Who am I missing? Again, go back twenty five years. Who am I missing? That's your list. And where would? Jalen Brunson rank, if he lets, what does he have to do? I guess to get in this list, I mean, we're talking about guys that won championships. Two Yankees won championships. Curtis Martin got to a championship game, went to the Hall of Fame. I mean, Panarin got to a conference finals. Burris won a Super Bowl. I mean, so Brunson has been phenomenal, but what's going to get him in the conversation? Now, there's another way to look at this as well. Is I was listening to Kay yesterday around 5, and he was saying something that me as a – obviously, I'm somebody that follows the Knicks really close, but I'm also a Jets fan. And there was something that was said that triggered something in my head about the Jets and this desperation to find a quarterback. What has been the thing that we have been looking for with the Knicks for so many years? Point guard. It's kind of the same thing, right? We know in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. In the NBA, if you don't have a point guard, you don't have a chance. If you don't have a playmaker, because some teams, it's not really necessarily a, a point guard. It's a point forward. But whatever it is, you need that guy, the catalyst. Brunson's that. He's proven to be that this year. Well, quarterback's the same thing. But how did we feel when Brunson was signed in the summer? Did it get a lot of great reaction? Were we all fired up about it? Or was it, all right, right? Like, was it was it something we were all fired up about and we thought, oh, wow, this is a major piece. This is going to be great. Or was it, you know what you were saying. Oh, what is he, one? Like, you were finding every reason you could find to think that this really wasn't that big of a deal. He really wasn't a starter. He was a part-time starter, all those things. But what has he been since you saw? And that tells you, like, two years ago, The Knicks made the playoffs, and they made the playoffs with Alfred Payton as a point guard. guy can't score. He did everything else fine, but he couldn't score. And all you thought was, if they could just get a guard who could score, that's where the league's going. They just can't get that guy. What a difference it would make. Well, they get a guy that can do that, and what a difference it can make, right? And so with that in mind, if the Jets got a capable quarterback, now we all want Aaron Rodgers because it's Aaron freaking Rodgers. You want top-end Top shelf. As I always say, this is New York. We're supposed to expect the best. That's what we're supposed to expect. We should be able to get the best, which is amazing because when you look around the city, do you see the best right now? I don't. I know you don't either. But we expect it. Funny thing is, we just never get it. But in this case, you want the best in Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers on the Jets makes the Jets an instant contender, an instant team that you could say they could go to a Super Bowl. But if they don't get him, just like the the Knicks didn't get Donovan Mitchell, right? Do you still say, well, wait a minute. If they just get a capable quarterback. Remember like Woody Johnson was saying, like, if we just get the quarterback, think about how much better everybody will be. If they just get a quarterback. Now, I can give you names. Derek Carr. He's there to be had. Might not get him, but he's there. And you, I know your reaction. Derek Carr. Nah, man. Like I don't want that. And you find all the flaws, which, by the way, the Raiders are going out of the way. They're falling over over themselves right now, leaking out all kinds of negative things about Derek Carr and the cold weather aspect and everything else about him. Now, all of a sudden, this guy's a bum. Same guy you just gave, gave money to. He's a bum. So, that's one name. But I know, when I say Derek Carr to the Jets, many of you probably just go, eh, right? Eh. You know, Larry David. Eh. But if I tell you Jimmy Garoppolo, you're gonna do the same thing. Gets hurt a lot. Can't really trust. What if he gets hurt? He gets hurt all the time. Can't can't really. Is he the guy I want to give? A, a, you know, four. He's gonna want four years. He's gonna want a contract that locks him in somewhere. And you don't know. Do you really want to buy in that much time to him? You'll find every reason to think Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if I like that fit. I don't know. I guess now he has a relationship with Robert Sala, but you're not excited. It does not, like, if I told you the Jets are signing Jimmy Garoppolo, your response would be, hey right. you just won't be fired up because you want the top shelf, top of the line liquor. That's what you want. You want the one that you know the minute I take a sip, smooth. Like, you know it already, it's guaranteed. The other ones, there's no guarantees with that. So you can't get excited about it. And the last one I'll give you, I know you'll probably throw up in your mouth. Ryan Tannehill. I think that's a very real option, guys. And Ryan Tannehill is not somebody that you're going to see the headline, you're going to get the Adam Schefter on your the alert on your phone. And it's going to say the Jets have acquired Ryan Tannehill. And you're going to go, oh man. All right. I guess we have Ryan Tannehill. All right? You know what you're thinking. If you're a Giants fan, you'll probably giggle. <laughs> they thought they were getting Aaron Rodgers. They ended up with Ryan Tannehill. Right? You're going to act like it's a bum and the Jets didn't do anything and they're going to be bums again. But now that I gave you those names and you know I'm right about how you're reacting to all of them because that's how I would react to them. And then I'll tell you this. If you got any of those three guys not named Aaron Rodgers, would you be a better team than you were last year? That answer is an emphatic yes emphatic it's not even a question yes you'd be better so is it that bad so look at Brunson and just see you get somebody that can do it at the position and look how it just changes you now the Knicks aren't a contender I'm not saying that they're going to win a championship not at all what I'm saying is is look how different how much better you are. they're a better team than they were two years ago yeah I said it two years ago they were the fourth seed because the east sucked Two years ago, they had a good finish, a strong finish to the season to get to four. But when they got to the playoffs, they were exposed. They were good because they hadn't been good in so long. We overemphasized their goodness. But they really weren't that good of a team. They had Randall, And then what else? Not really much. This year's team is way better than that team two years ago. This year's team would kick that team's ass. Trust me, it would. But Why? Because at the most important position, you have a capable player now. It's not John Morant. No. doesn't matter, though. It's a guy that can still get it done, and then all the other pieces all come together. Right? So you look at the Jets quarterback situation. Maybe that's the attitude we all got to have. Is you'd love to get Aaron Rodgers. But maybe, just maybe, just getting a capable quarterback would still be a good thing. Make it better. That's all I'm saying. Now, Maybe I'm setting myself up for the failure, as I always like to do. The anticipation of disappointment so that, you know, when I am eventually let down, I'm ready for it, prepared for it. You know what's coming. Lucy always pulls the football away from Charlie Brown. Always. There's never been an episode where he kicks the damn ball. Never. So you just feel like you'd love to get Aaron Rodgers. You'd love the idea of having him on the team running quarterback. But there's the other part of – It's probably not going to happen, and you're going to be then frustrated and disappointed, and maybe you'll have the Giants fans and the everybody else, the Patriots fans and the Dolphins fans all laughing at you. You thought you were getting him, and all you got was Ryan Tannehill. And then you just have to stop and think. At least we got a guy that can play at that position because last year you really didn't. You love Mike White, but look, come on, it's Mike White. You know Zach's definitely not ready. So where else are you going? Joe Flacco? At least you have a guy that has been there in the playoffs, that has played. So just think about it. That position is so important. They're going to get somebody. And as long as it's one of those th- four names, and if it's not Aaron Rodgers, the other three still make you better. How much better? That part remains to be seen. 800 3776 Let's grab some calls here. Let's go to Pete in Brooklyn. What's up, Pete? Hey Han, what's up? Long time listener, big
2: time fan. Listen, I just want the Jets to sign Jacoby Brissett and draft Anthony Richardson. That's what we need, and we definitely will go to the
1: playoffs this next year, guaranteed. You think Brissett was a better fit? Like I named three other quarterbacks, and your Brissett is definitely a guy that could be on the table. And a lot of people said that he's been underestimated. He actually played well in Cleveland, and that he should be a starter in the league.
0: Han, I'm telling you, the guy is ready to bust out. That's the guy we need, and we need Anthony Richardson, and we got it made. You don't need a quick fix. You want a long time thing.
1: Richardson, I mean, if you take him later on in the draft and you just take him as a – because this is what Mike Tannen, Tannenbaum always says this. You you try to get – you every year, you draft one, you acquire one, like every year, and you figure it out until you find it and look at the Niners. I mean, they they did the same thing, and they had no idea that suddenly Brock Purdy turned into their guy. So do you do that with Richardson if he's available somewhere later in the draft? We shall see. But, I, I mean, Brissett is somebody else to think about. Would you be that disappointed? Yes, because you wanted Aaron Rodgers. But would you be better? Of course, because you got somebody that's actually capable of the position. Jose in Brooklyn, what's up, Jose?
2: How you doing, Alan? Uh, this is a um, bit of a change, of course. You know, I wanted to get my top five. Top five, uh, let's go. Love it. Yeah. Um, I definitely have Curtis Martin at number one. He is my favorite all-time Jet, and the way he just became the franchise throughout that time was was definitely clutch. I am putting Jalen Brunson at number two because of the number fact two? that... Number two? Yes, yes. I think he has been fantastic. I think for what he's shown right now is fantastic. And the fact that we have him in his prime, if not getting Mark Jackson late, like we did in the late 2000s after, after giving him up to Indiana, it was, you know, literally a good, I think he's going to be like the, when it's all said and done, he might be the best Nick signing, Nick free agent signing, because of the fact that he's going to put the years and the numbers together. Well, it's hard to find. Uh, I'll, I'll tell
1: you what: if you're just going to go back in Nick history as far as mm-hmm. signing free agents, yeah, I, it's
2: I, hard I, to find. I, I can't. I can't think of a
1: better. Honestly, I can't think of a better one. I mean, you really got to. You got to go. Yeah. You got to go way back. You know, I mean, Amari Stoudemire took also took a hundred million dollars and had a good half a season, and then Carmelo yeah. Anthony came in, and Carmelo Anthony I mean, became the man. You know, yeah, so yeah. Th- then
2: became the black hole that it was. Well, <laughs> so. I mean,
1: well, I'll tell you what though, but uh, thanks for the call, Jose. I mean, you're a fan of Curtis Martin, so obviously that's why you would put him number one. Uh, and just, you know, after that, I just, you can't put Jalen Brunson in the top five yet. In the last 25 years, you got guys that won championships. They won championships. has got to lead to something, but he has been phenomenal this year. There's no doubt about that. Elliot and Comac. What's up, Elliot?
2: So I don't understand I mean you, you say obviously you want Aaron Rodgers it's not that obvious to me First of all uh, having followed the Jets for a lot of years you understand I mean that uh, there's been a situation before with a uh, legendary Green Bay quarterback coming over on the downswing of his career and unless my memory's failing me it didn't work out so well What do you mean it didn't work and out What what that-
1: Elliot, Elliot, what was his what was the record before he hurt himself Do you remember Well. They were 8-4. Was they there eight and, a playoff at the end of that? And, uh, well, and then, he got, and then he played, got in Minnesota. Hurt. He played, he, Ellie, he played phenomenal. No, you can't say that about, come on. You can't say that about Brett Favre. You could say that his decision to start, you know, taking pictures of himself was probably a, a, probably a bad one. You know, I mean, you know, he was probably one of the, the pioneers of selfies, but it was not, you know, exactly the best thing. You want to go there, that's fine. But as far as, like, the trade didn't turn into – what wasn't – they were one of the best teams in the league when he – right before he got hurt. Right before he got hurt. There were people talking about this like they could win a Super Bowl. Then he got hurt. That does happen. And, yes, the wheels fell off after that. Man, But don't don't, don't try to act like that was a bad deal. That was a smart move. And they were right there on the cusp. Now, can that happen with Rodgers? Of course. We don't know what's going to happen. The great unknown. As he goes into the darkness, we'll find out. But one thing you do know right now, going into the All-Star break, is that the Knicks found a point guard, and he's really good. He's not just okay, he's really good. And he might not be an All-Star this year, but he has played so well that the whole league has noticed. And it just makes you look at this group and say, how do you keep building now off this? Where can they go from here? And later on in the show, we'll figure out, where the, where, where the Knicks might rank among the teams now left. Now, the, the Nets blew up what they blew up, right? They blew it up. So you can't put them now as who's going to end this drought of championships in New York. But we're going to put together a list of the teams in New York that have the best chance, and we'll see if Brunson and the Knicks factor in this conversation at all.
0: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Alan Han here with you. We got your calls 800 919 3776. We'll get to those certainly later on. We got a lot to get to, of course. Uh, baseball, you got players starting to show up. As I told you at the very beginning, in Texas, they're saying that Jacob DeGrom already has some soreness in his side. Like, if you're a Mets fan, you're just glazing over on this one. Like, that's not my problem anymore. Um,. But plenty to get to uh, on that front. We're doing audio files. Like, again, everybody remembers me from the nights when I used to just go solo at night. I used to love doing all kinds of stuff, little elements here and there. Audio files was always fun, so we'll get into that. You'll hear from a lot of stuff on the Met side of things. Aaron Rodgers spoke yesterday. We'll get to him as well. But right now, we continue the Knicks conversation. And to do that, I bring in my guy, Wally Zerbiak, NBA All-Star A fantastic analyst. You see him also. A lot of college basketball as well. And everybody remembers, of course, Wally's World with Miami of Ohio and their wonderful run in the NCAA tournament. He's down in Atlanta calling the game tonight for MSG Networks. Wally Ball, how we doing?
3: I'm doing good, man. I can't wait. Knicks are uh, looking good. Big game right before the break against the team that they need this one again. Yeah. uh, It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. And and you think about, too, the matchup of point guards who both were snubbed from the All-Star game, right? Trey Young. And Jalen Brunson going head-to-head here. And Jalen's been – I mean, when you think about the impact that Brunson has had on this team, I said something a minute ago. I said this Knicks team this year, right now, with the addition of, of course, Josh Hart, is better than the team two years ago. Agree or disagree?
3: No question. I think it's definitely better than the team two years ago. It's not just the team. It's the franchise. I mean, he's transformed the franchise. So The point guard that you've been longing for for so long – just to stabilize the New York Knicks franchise and kind of change the whole vibe around it. Um, I think he's been outstanding. You know, he's led, he's led by example. He's uh, you know just gone out there every single night and done whatever it takes to win. And I think that winning DNA has really been uh, you know something that he's uh, he, he's brought to this team and instilled in this franchise.
1: Yeah, and and you you see also that when you say the winning DNA, sort of like the identity, right? A team's personality. That's always important, isn't it? Like when you when you say All right, I'm playing this team. When I'm playing the Hawks, the first name that comes to mind is all right. You got Trey Young. Got to deal with him and and how to defend him and all those things. Right? Like everybody has a certain identity about them. The Knicks, I don't. You know, like you knew. Well, it's Tibbs, so they're going to play defense. They're going to play hard. All that stuff. Mm -hmm. But this is like once he showed up, and then you add Josh Hart, another Villanova guy to the to the mix. It's sort of like something's kind like an identity is sort of evolving here now with this group. If you would, if you would. If you would put a label on the identity, what would you call it?
3: Uh, winners. You know, the, these guys, every everywhere they've gone, they've kind of instilled winning into uh, the team, into the franchise. You know, coming from college, you know, those guys had a lot of success at Madison Square Garden. That's a big thing, you know, so they're comfortable playing there. Uh, we can't forget Julius Randall and what he's done, obviously. I mean, he's just a workhorse that every single night brings you 25 and 10 25 and 11 so you're not going to win a lot of games in the NBA without that type of production from one of your bigs and one of the best power forwards in the league so you surround you know those two guys Brunson and Randall with guys that you know uh make winning plays do the little things you know are very coachable and you also hire one of the top 10 winning percentage coaches of all time in the regular season i think that's why this franchise is in a good spot right now and why the Knicks are in a good place and um you know, they continue to trend in the right direction.
1: All right, so you agreed with me on the idea that I think this group is better than the one two years ago that was a four seed and, you know, it made the playoffs, right? You agree with me on that one? Let's see if you agree with me on something. 100%. All right, so let's see if you agree with me now on something I said yesterday. Because as I'm watching this team and I'm watching, you know, Monday's game against the Nets is another example of it. And the addition of Josh Hart, what he brings to the team, the minute he steps on the court, the motor – the, the the Swiss Army knife. The ability to do just about anything. Need me to hit a three, I can do that. Need me to run the break, I can do that. I can guard players, I can rebound. We know he can rebound. 50-50 balls, he gets them. Mm-hmm. Glue guy. I think that he would be a better fit as a starter than R.J. Barrett right now because R.J. is struggling. You can see it, it's affecting his head a little bit, and I need to take the pressure off. RJ, if I put him with the young guys on the bench, have him come off the bench, it's not a demotion. He's already gotten his contract. This is more of, let me get you right, and let me get a piece that fits a little bit better with the starting five and maximize what I get at the start of games. You agree with that one?
3: Uh, No. Not at all. No, (laughs) sorry. I mean, the team's winning. No. The team is winning. The team is in a really good place. Tom Thibodeau knows if that decision should be made. And when you know a, a guy is traded at the trade deadline, he's come out and just made a huge splash. He's made a huge splash with his teammates, with the fans. He's had two phenomenal games, no question. If he continues to play like this, maybe we start having the conversation. But it's only two games. It's two wins. You don't want to rock the boat. What if Josh Hart is comfortable in his role? Because he's been really good with that second unit to start the second and fourth quarters. That's been his opportunity to really make a mark on the game. And not be, you know, one of the floor spacers and role players and glue guys when he's out on the floor finishing games with Julius Randle and uh, Jalen Brunson. Um, you know, Grimes has been a been a guy that's just, you know, will will you know lose a leg, so to speak, for this team. He's done so much to help this team win. Once he was put in the lineup, the team started to win. He defends, you know, the opposing team's best perimeter player every single night. He fights through screens. He plays hurt you know, yeah, he's going to go through some ups and downs shooting the basketball, but it's not easy when you're not one of the main guys in the flow of the offense. And I think he's proven that he can really knock down shots and be that 3D and D complimentary player in the starting lineup. And as far as RJ goes, you know, RJ's had some struggles, no question. You know, he's a young player that hopefully will continue to get better. But this is a guy that you, you know, paid like a cornerstone of the franchise. And I don't think you make that move yet. Um, you know, listen... Uh, You know, RJ still gets 20 points a game on a lot of nights when, you know, when Julius and and Brunson are getting 30, and that's not easy to do when you're not one of the main focal points of the offense. So the fact that this team is winning, I think is a great thing. And I don't think you mess with this rotation. I love the way the rotation is now. And on top of it, Tibbs will finish the game with whoever he feels deserves to finish the game. That's true. And Josh Hart has been the guy that finishes. Yeah. And he's finished the last two games. Who starts, it doesn't really matter. You know, back in my career, I did them both. I started and I came off the bench. And I just wanted to be that guy playing the meaningful minutes in the fourth quarter. And I think Josh Hart would tell you the same
1: thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that part. It's, uh, that That's the thing. It's uh, who finishes the game that, that matters most. But you
3: make a good point, Alan, because. I just no, want to take the pressure off Arjun. And-
1: you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's yeah, he's 22. I, I, he feels like he's got to do, like, everything. And if he's not the center of attention, if he's not making big plays and, you know, like, it, it seems to affect him. And I just want to take the pressure, dial it down and just, you know, find your game again. But doing it, you know, off the bench. And I would just have that talk with him. Like, this is not a demotion. This actually could help you. And it actually, it, it it might be better off for the team because they don't really have a scorer off the bench. They don't really have a go to guy off the bench. So that's the mm-hmm. thought. That's the my, that's my thinking process. This isn't about oh RJ sucks, he shouldn't play. It's not about that. It's just about what looks better. And for me, when Josh Hart came in, came against the Nets, that game changed. It changed immediately. Yeah.
3: No, he changed it. No question. You know, and you got to look at too the way you know FIBS is running his rotation. He gives RJ. You know the opportunity to play up to six minutes in the se- and to start the second quarter mm-hmm. and to start the fourth quarter. If that unit plays well, he will stick with that unit where RJ is the guy. He is the number one guy getting plays called for him. So that's his opportunity to be the star of the team. He has to take that opportunity because if if that unit doesn't play well, three minutes Obi will be on the bench and Randall will be back in yeah. and RJ might be out if he doesn't play well or rj might stay in um you know for 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 the stretch run of the game if he is playing well so it's all based on performance that's how tom thibodeau has set it up so i think if you go completely to rj off the bench then you know yeah rj will get those more minutes you know to start the second and fourth quarter but i just think you you His impact is pretty good. I mean, he's averaging 20 points a game. It's not easy to average 20 points a game when your usage is behind, you know, um, Randall and Brunson. So I think right now the team is winning. I don't think you mess with anything. If Fibbs feels like a change needs to be made, he knows what's going on behind the scenes. He knows what's going on on the floor. We all see what's going on on the floor. He will make
1: the change. I trust in him. Yeah, the, his ability to get the twenty though just tells you that there's certainly a lot of talent there, and it's just figuring out the best way to use it. We're talking with Wally Zerbiak. You're on the radio call tonight, right? I'm right here on the radio.
3: No, no, I'm on TV. Oh, you on the TV I call? Tom and I are on TV. Nice. Yes. Look at you. Yeah, we're calling on TV. Right. Uh, Pat O'Keefe and Monica McNutt are on the radio call on uh, ESPN.
1: That is tremendous. Wow. I know. That's I know. Like, just me and peto in the game, studio. Too,
3: i know. like. No, it's a yeah, good game. You're right. It's a it good game. game. I mean, they've lost two out of three so far against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, you can even up the series with the Hawks by winning this game down here. The Hawks have scored a lot of points on the Knicks. I mean, the mm-hmm. Knicks have not been able to stop the Atlanta Hawks offensively. So let's see if to start the game, the Knicks kind of you know have a game plan to slow the Hawks down offensively. Now the Hawks don't play any defense either, <laughs> so the Knicks are going to have no problem scoring. But at the same time, they got to buckle down on defense, and that's where maybe the addition to Josh Hart will really help in certain matchups uh, to slow down some of those perimeter players on the Hawks.
1: Now, Wally, looking at the standings as we head into the All Star break, right? We'll see what happens tonight, obviously. But right now, two games out of uh, fifth, right behind. Right, the Nets are fifth, but two, they just beat them, so now they're two games back of them. Half game with with the Heat. And mm-hmm. when you look at that, there's going to be after tonight. There'll be 20. So there's 23 games left, basically. But when we get back from the break, 22 mm-hmm. games left. I mean, is fifth out of the question for this Knicks team? Would you say like that? I, I don't know if they're getting there because right now they're at seventh, but they no. were hovering around sixth most of this year. Where do you see them? Where do you see them possibly finishing in the East?
3: Um, I'm keeping a close eye on Brooklyn. I, I I just have never, in my experience in the NBA you tear down a team and get rid of two future hall of famers that are still in the prime of their career. They were putting up unbelievable numbers and they look like a title contender before Kevin Durant got hurt. Honestly, that's what I thought. That's how much respect I had for that Nets roster with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on it. Now that those two guys are not on the roster, I really don't think the Nets are going to hold on to anything in the top six. I Mm. just have never seen it in my experience in the NBA that you can bring a bunch of role players onto a team and expect to win down the stretch of the season when the Knicks are pressing hard for playoff position, the Hawks are pressing hard for playoff position, the Heat are pressing hard for playoff position, the Cavaliers are pressing hard, Washington, when they're healthy, has a stacked roster with two max players, you know, almost three max players, and Kyle Kuzma, those guys are going to really gear up and try to make a run to get into the top six and they're only like two, three games behind the Knicks. So I just think the nets of the team that's going to drop, I'm very interested to see how that trade works out and how they can piece everything together because it's not easy to do in the middle of the season just bring in five new faces true. and expect to continue to win basketball games in the NBA, mm-hmm. especially when it's it's go time, and right now it's go time in the NBA coming down the stretch fighting for playoff position.
1: Think about it, too. Four, four brand-new starters. I mean, that's what he did in that game. Yeah. He, four four guys that they Utah acquired. What about Watanabe? The, he doesn't what play about
3: Watanabe? The guy's leading the league in three-point percentage, and he played in garbage time.
1: Yeah, yeah, he didn't like, even how play. How
3: does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, that was, that, that
3: that was that interesting. That guy can shoot. He can defend. I mean, and Ben Simmons, I'm sorry, man. That guy is, I don't know what's going on. I think he, I, I, he might literally, like, I mean, I don't want to be extreme, but that poor guy, like he just looks lost on a basketball floor
1: it's you, you you know lost. what i've always wanted to like make any excuse possible for him like maybe it was in philly he just you know he wasn't connecting to doc he gets here and maybe it's because there's other stars here and he hasn't played in a year but every time i watch him i'm just waiting for that moment where you're like all right there it is there's the guy that we saw a couple of years ago that was a a great defensive player that was a fantastic playmaker mm-hmm. and i see a guy that just mostly looks checked out like he i don't want to say he doesn't yep. want to play but he certainly doesn't look like he wants to compete
3: yeah, that's that's exactly You're right. It does not look like he wants to compete, and it's sad. And in this league, if you don't want to compete, you're done. Oh, yeah. You are done because you have to look at your opponent and look at your matchup every single night, and you have to just go to the extreme levels of competition. That's what this league is all about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just looks to me like Ben Simmons has lost that fire and desire, and it's kind of a shame.
1: Well, you got Wally on the call tonight on MSG Networks. He and Ed Cohen. So that's going to be our coverage tonight. I'll be in the studio with Bill Peter. Wally, good to talk to you. Have a good game. See ya.
3: Absolutely. I can't wait. Let's get this one going into the break, boys.
1: You got it. All right. Wally Zerbiak. Again, he'll be on MSG Networks tonight with Ed Cohen on the call on the TV side. We have uh, Pat O'Keefe and Monica McNutt on the call right here tonight. Uh, coverage begins at 7 p.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on ninety eight point seven ESPN.
1: And so we're just talking here a little bit about the Knicks and just what they are. They play tonight against the Hawks, and you know you're five up in the winning column, and you're two games out of the fifth seed in the East. You got one more game here before the break, and then you come back and it's twenty two games to go. And I let me point out, by the way, that that Tom Thibodeau, as in his two years with the Knicks. His last 20 games of the past two seasons, they have like a record of twenty-eight and twelve. Like they they he wins down the stretch. Now last year didn't matter because they didn't make the playoffs, but he still they had a strong finish to the season. And two years ago, they were ridiculous. It was like 16 and 4. So he's he usually has his teams trending up as the season finishes. So the thought is is like the same thing should happen here with this group. So you know, what is the ceiling for this team? How about Tim Legler? It was on the K show. And he's looking at this as the ceiling for this group this year. If you can get to the, the five spot and you get a team like Cleveland in the
3: first round, I, I mean, that's a toss up series to me. The ceiling, I would argue, would be the second round and most likely losing to, you know, Boston or Milwaukee in the second round. I think that's probably as far as they could go this year. But I can just tell you right now, the way
2: that people around the league are viewing this team is completely different than it was, you know, the last couple of years. you got to come to work to, to beat them. And, and, and Brunson's a big part of it because he's a
3: better NBA player than people thought. And what he's doing right now is nothing short of remarkable. And it gives them a chance every night to have leadership like that at that spot. The Knicks have been looking for a point guard to be a leader to run their
2: team for 20 years.
1: <laughs> feels like longer than that but it really is true like I asked this question like you know Jalen Brunson is the best Knicks point guard since blank can you fill in the blank the best Knicks point guard now point guard since blank who how far back would you go Jason Kidd was here for a minute he had a good year kind of you know, but it wasn't Jason Kidd vintage it was only one year you know Ray Felton do you go there like think about some of the names that they've had at the point guard position. Stefan Marbury? Steph Marbury put up numbers but the team never won. Like he's putting up numbers and they're winning. Like he's the best Knicks point guard since blank. Fill in that blank. 919 3776 Now you heard what Leg said. Wally said the same thing as well about the fifth seed. Here's the thing that would be that would make it a really juicy first round if the Knicks were able to do this is who is the fourth seed? Well, more than likely, it could be the, it would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. You saw the Bucks and the Celtics play last night, and the Celtics, without Tatum and Brown, took the Bucks to overtime. Like, that Celtics team is good, best record in the league. They got the one seed, but the Bucs have won eleven in a row, and Giannis is averaging like thirty-five a game in that stretch. So the Bucks are right there. So those are two like those are the teams, the Goliaths, like very difficult to beat them. But after that, you get the Sixers, who, if you want to compare them to the, the Knicks, have beaten the Sixers two out of four this season. Now, the one time was without Embiid, but the second time they did beat them with Embiid and Harden. So they have, and they've had pretty good matchups. I mean, Christmas Day got away from the second half, uh, and then the, the recent one in Philadelphia was a fairly competitive game until the end. But the bottom line is, is that they, you know, like like that's that's competitive, at least competitive. It's not overwhelming. But they're the third seed, more than likely. The Cleveland Cavaliers are the fourth seed. Picture, if you will, a first-round series between the Knicks and the Cavs. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, the one who got away, the one you let get away. You face him in the first round. Hold oh, the drama. Wouldn't that be something? 800 All right, so we get your calls. Like I said, if you can fill in the blank. Jalen Brunson is the best Knicks point guard since... Fill in that blank. We got more top fives to get to because as we talk about what whatever the Knicks can be, whatever they can be, what we just completed after this Super Bowl ended is February and it is 2023. We are now 11 years since a New York team won a championship. And I mean the big four sports now. That's what I'm talking about is the, ma- is the four majors. 11 years, not one New York team. Has won a championship in that time. Now, we've had teams get to the finals. We've had teams get to the final four, but we have not won a championship in 11 years with all the damn teams. You got two of everything in three hockey teams. I say that all the time. So, as we do top five lists, let's do this one. Top five New York teams who have the best chance to win the next New York. Championship.
0: Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.